Welcome to the Sexy Scoop. My name is Abby Taken and I'm a sex and relationship coach and mom of two. I'm here to give you the scoop on how to unlock the sexy mother within. Each week, I'll be giving you my hot take, getting the mouth perspective from my husband, Joey, and connecting you to everyday moms and professionals to give you the tools to take up space in your life and make sex fun again. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Sexy Scoop. Um, so today I'm having a chat with Candace Barber. Um, she's a psychic medium. She's a Reiki master. She, her mission is all about teaching you how to be a spiritual babe in the modern world. Um, she's also one of my best friends. And I wanted to bring her on this podcast because we talk about sex a lot. It's obviously a big part of my life, but it's also a pretty decent part of her life as well. Um, and just like with having family and stuff following you on Instagram is something that you don't really in, like like to talk about on there, but you would still like to talk about it. Yes. So I was like, come on, let's have a chat about sex. Let's talk. Let's do um, it. Yeah. So did you just want to give everyone, I guess, just a quick little rundown of like who you who are? Who, yeah. um, who are um, you? I am Candice. I am a mum of three. I am a wife. Um, I was a nurse for 10 years and left my job just over 12 months ago to start well, because my business was just taking off. Um, a psychic medium, Reiki master, like Abby just said, I really try my best to help women along their motherhood journey because I find that a lot of us lose ourselves through motherhood. But I'm I'm starting to realize that we don't lose ourselves. We just birth a different version of ourselves and we don't really know who that person is. Um, I had some massive rebirth moments through my my motherhood journey. Um, and I think that's like at this point, I'm a Leo. I am I love astrology. I call myself the Leo Queen. Um I love talking about myself. I love myself. I love sex. Um, always have. Um and yeah, that's I think that's me for now. I'm sure you'll get to know me a bit more over the course of this episode. <laughs> Sorry, Abby, I can't hear you. Yeah, is that oh, better? That's yes. better. Sorry, guys, we're having technical problems <laughs> already. We're like two minutes in. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I have a lot of questions for you because I feel like there's a lot about your life and your journey that would just resonate with a lot of people listening to this so much. Um, and I feel like as well we've kind of, even though your journey's kind of started in a very kind of spiritual way I feel like we've kind of traveled the same path in a way yeah. um yeah and I love what you said about I've never really thought about the fact like I always think about that threshold to motherhood as like you do lose yourself um yeah. so I love that reframe that you just gave about how you know we're birthing a new version of ourselves we just don't know yeah I mean my my journey was someone who didn't know themselves fully um, before I became a mum. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say that I've lost myself in motherhood. I just didn't know who I was. And mm. I've been mean, still, I mean, you know, I call you every freaking day. Can I swear on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> We're talking about day. sex. You can drop some F-bombs. <laughs> that is totally fine. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I feel like, yeah, we just we just need to I mean some women do lose themselves and that's totally fine, but 
for me it wasn't necessarily that mm. yeah yeah no and I can definitely say like I did lose a lot of myself but then on reflection like I found parts of myself that would never have yeah. I would never have known about like I definitely moved out of my people pleaser while I was pregnant because I was like no like I was like that fierce like yeah mom that was like I'm gonna do this in this way and like even in like early stages of parenting I like had a very clear vision of what I wanted it to look like um and I kind of weren't that sorry to cut you off I kind of weren't that guys sorry I have ADHD so I'm really bad sometimes at like I cut Abby off all the time um I've I found that it was with my second pregnancy that I really stopped that people pleasing because a lot of things happened during Will's pregnancy and birth that weren't like terrible but really gave me I had a c-section with Will and I wanted a V-back, so a vaginal birth after C-section with my daughter. And there was a lot of things that I had to, like, stop people-pleasing for when when I went through that journey with her. So I went on to have two more v Like, I had two V-backs after my C-section. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, no, that was definitely, yeah, a big part of me that I definitely found. Um, and then in the way I wanted to parent as well, it was different to how I was parented and how my in-laws parented Joey. And yeah. so there had to be lots of boundaries put in place and stuff like that. Um, I've never actually thought about this like this before. So thanks You're welcome. for You're welcome. the new perspective. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that's it. Like there's a few kind of topics that I'd like to kind of touch on. Um, I'm excited. Cause like you said, I have like Kyle's mom, his auntie, his, his cousins, his sister, like they all watch my stories every day and I have no problem talking about sex. I'm very open. Um, but I just don't feel comfortable talking about sex on my stories. So I'm really excited to like talk more about this part of me here today. So like, Ask away. I'm ready. What do you want Go to know crazy. about me and my vagina and my husband? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually like, that's actually like the three things that I do want to know about is like yeah, you and your vagina and your husband. It's actually <laughs> what was on the, on the menu. So like, cause one of the things I love is let's start with your relationship first, I reckon. Um, because I love your and Carl's relationship. Um, and especially like you know, like my relationship is great, but like we've done a lot of work together and I'm a sex and relationship coach. So you kind of expect that from me. Um, but you guys just, you're such a team and your communication is just like on point. Um, and so I'd love kind of for you to share if you know how you got to that point or like, you know, how you kind of foster that and that open communication. It came from years and years and years of shit fucking relationships. Um, so I got into my first relationship when I was like, I think I was like 15, 14, 15 mm. with my first boyfriend. He was the sweetest thing ever. Good old Mitchell from <laughs> high school. If you're listening, hey, he won't be, but hello. <laughs> um, he was a really great boyfriend, but I wasn't, I was always in a relationship. I, I jumped from relationship to relationship until I was like 22 and I was in a really long-term relationship with my first big long-term relationship I think we were together for like nearly five years Mm. um and it was a really terrible relationship I never loved myself when I was younger and I looked for men to fulfill that part of me I've also had a really shitty run of fathers as well um, my dad left when I was younger. I 
didn't always get along with my stepfather and then him and my mum don't have the greatest relationship. He was always like another child to my mum. I mean, they love each other. They're they're happy and good on them. But I grew up with watching my mum never have a break, never do anything for herself, watching my dad sleep on the couch when my mum did everything. He worked really hard in the business. They had a business. They worked really hard in the business. But it was a combination between that, having the shitty relationships. So when I was 22, I broke up with my boyfriend and um, it was the first time I had been single ever. <laughs> And it was really liberating and really mm. exciting. And I loved, I, I found a love for myself that I'd never found ever again. I hit rock bottom for the first time ever because I lost everything at one moment without going into like too much detail, but like I have a whole podcast if you want to listen about it. Um, Abby, you can put on the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. It's just called Candace Barber, the podcast. Really original. Um So I had some really good examples of what I didn't want. So when I was single for that time in my very early 20s, I sat there and loved who I was so much that I was like, I'm never going to be in a relationship with a man, I'm a straight woman, with a man that doesn't allow me to be who I am. I won't, I want to be loved. I want to be cared for I want someone who isn't scared about my fierce independence because I am a very bold woman um Mm. happy smiling she knows (laughs) yes yes can attest to that (laughs) um I have got a fiery side to me and I needed someone to be able to work with me um I did a list of traits that I wanted my my next boyfriend to have he had to have a good relationship with his mum I don't know why that was important, but it was. Mm. Um, he had to have a good car. I mean, I was early, early 20s, guys. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also had to have a good job and some savings behind him. That was my my criteria. Mm. And I actually met my husband two weeks after I broke up with my, my boyfriend. But we were friends for a very long time because we both knew that we weren't ready for a relationship. Anyway, that's how I got to meet Kyle. And when we mm. entered into a relationship, we had been friends and friends with benefits uh, for eight months before we got together. And one of the biggest things that we talked about, well, the only thing we talked about getting into our relationship when we were like really starting to realize that we wanted to be together is that Kyle had been with a girlfriend who took everything away from him in terms of his autonomy and his independence. And that really triggered and scared him to go into another relationship. And again, like like I just said, I'd been in a relationship where I didn't feel loved. I, in five years, he never said to me, I love you. It was always, I love you too. Mm. So we both had issues. So we came into the relationship going, you've got your life. I've got my life, but let's also create a life together. Mm. And so I think that was one of those things that I just had really strong boundaries for myself to know what I wanted. Um, Kyle and I have always communicated. We've always talked. He's always been able to see past my shit. And boy, have I put him through some. But it's always come through to that communication for us. And I think that like some really great things about us is the fact that I don't ever want to settle. And Kyle isn't spiritual. He is an intellect, personal development. But what he does do is support me. So there have Mm -hmm. been a few times in our relationship where I've said to him, I'm happy 
I'm not, I'm not like totally happy. But I'm content and I love you, but I need more from our relationship. And then I think it's a very normal thing for, because I'm a psychic, right? I talk to people about their relationships all the time. And I think it's a really normal thing for people to get to a point in their relationship going, if this can't improve, are we supposed to be together? Mm. And Kyle and I have had a few of those points in our relationship and it hasn't come from, I fucking hate you. Let's like, we're screaming at each other all the time, but it's, it's me going to him. I need and want more Mm. and him going, okay, cool. No worries. I think it's also like one of those things where, sorry, I feel like I'm talking about this heaps right now. No, I love Um, it. I think it's like, it's so important because (laughs) I mean, I'm going to circle back to a few things that you've, you've mentioned, but I think a lot of it comes down. And again, I see like my own relationships mapped out in this way too, of like, you know, you said you, you knew yourself, you loved yourself Mm. and then you entered into that relationship and you could hold those boundaries because you had a higher level of self-worth. Yeah, like I do. You, oh, you I still knew, do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like you knew that you were worthy of having that relationship of this with this person that like ticked every box on the list and yeah. you weren't going to like settle for something just so that this man could show you love or so you could feel like you belonged to someone. Yeah, and I think the other thing about Kyle too is the fact that he's he's not a stranger to mental health. He grew up with it, not himself, but experiencing it within his family dynamic. Mm. And he has a very strong sister. Like she's she's a very strong personality, just like myself. And his mum is an incredible woman. And his his parents grew up with both of them working full time and both of them parenting the children. Mm. And so Kyle has grown up with very good values as well. So I'm just really grateful for that 22-year-old Candace and that 22-year-old Kyle for um not settling mm. and I understand that like you know I mean I, I've been through a lot a lot of shit a lot of heartbreak to be able to have what I have with Kyle and the fact that he's so open and whenever I tell him when something's not working he's very proactive and he changes I don't know how he does it I wish he could tell me how he does that because <laughs> it would be really nice but it's little things like you know We've got a my children. Then Will's almost seven. Kyla is almost four, like within a couple of weeks. And Axel, our youngest, is two and a half. And for instance, we're trying. Will's in year one, and we're still trying to figure out fucking school routine, right? <laughs> I don't think you ever get it. Like my eldest is in year two, and I still struggle. Still yeah. struggle. Still getting that down. Yeah, and so like it's just noticing things like I'm I'm the one who organizes all the food in the kitchen. Like that's my space. That's where Kyle doesn't have to worry about dinner. He doesn't have to worry about like any of the food stuff. He just tells me when something's running out and I go and fix it, right? Mm. So when we have an issue in our relationship or the household, for instance, like our laundry never gets fucking done. So now that's Kyle's job. Kyle is fully involved in the laundry. And if he needs help, he needs to be a fucking grown up and ask for it. Mm. Same with me. I'm not, he's not a mind reader. Or something. So I have to communicate to him. So it's just, it's, it's just very much about like telling, telling each other what we need. Yeah. A hundred percent. I talk about this all the time. Um, And it was like a pivotal thing in my relationship of like, 
your partner is not a mind reader. Mm-mm. Like we'd love them to be and we've been sold this story that they should be, but at the end of the day, like they're not. And so yeah. if you have a desire that needs to be met or you want them to do the laundry, then like you need to actually communicate with that to them. Yeah. And it hasn't been like all rainbows and butterflies. There's been like Kyle's never raised his voice at me. I've raised my voice at him. <laughs> He's never raised his voice at me. But he mm-hmm. said some things along the way that like I've had to challenge with him. Like for instance, just after Kyla was born, like our second child really rocked our relationship. That's when we like fucking fell apart and had to rebuild ourselves. And there was a couple of conversations that we had or comments that he goes, and Kyle knows he's a great partner. I love that. I love that he knows that he's a great example to our children and to me. Mm. But one comment he said to me was, you don't understand how much more I do than everybody else's partner, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I saw red and I'm like, I don't fucking care about anyone else's partner. I don't care about anyone else's house. I don't care about any other version of anything else that's happening outside Mm. of our home. I care about what's happening in our home and the fact that I'm raising three children, or we are, we're raising three children and they will see that their mum and their dad are equal. Mm. So I don't care what everyone else. Obviously he said in the heat of the moment, didn't mean it in any rude way, but it's just like things. And like when I say things to him, he pulls me up as well and I listen, you know. Mm. So Yeah, no, I think like, I think that equality is so important. And again, I talk about this so much. And it was something that like, you know, when I entered into my relationship with Joey, it's something that we talked about too. Like I said, if, if we're going to have kids sometime, like, cause Joey just wanted kids like instantly. We were 21 when we met. Well, I was, he was 20, I was 21. And um, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. But also like, if we do get to a point where we have kids, like I'm not staying at home with them 24 seven. Like I'm not being, that's just not what I want in my life, you know? And there's women who do that and love it and thrive in that yeah, environment. And absolutely. I'm just not one of them. I already knew this at 21, but like, that's not what I, what I would thrive at. And so, yeah, like, so, and then we, you know, talked about that again before we decided to have kids. Yeah. And then we're lucky enough that our jobs allow us to kind of have an equal share of the household stuff um and we've got the tools to kind of like talk about it as well yeah I mean obviously there's women out there and I take my hat off to you babes who have partners who do FIFO or they have to work Mm. like you know 14 15 hours a day I mean like that's a real thing that happens Kyle and I have always just had really strict boundaries with our work Mm. and you know yeah we're probably cut ourselves a lot with money um to have the house that we have I'm mean, not the house but like the the household that we run um but I think that a big thing for Kyle and I was just thinking just then like what helped us is understanding our love languages is a has been a massive thing for us and it's one of those things that I'd hear people say and I'd fucking roll my eyes and be like oh whatever <laughs> yeah same yeah <laughs> <laughs> now I like preach about them all oh over yeah Instagram. so we we found out what our love languages were and that has really changed our lives in our relationship because uh, we can now identify Kyle's probably not so great. I can identify when he needs his love language Mm. met, but I can now communicate to him, this is what I need you to do right now or to show me love Mm. because, yeah, we do have quite different love languages. Yeah. Um, 
And did you know your love languages before you had kids? Or no, was it only I after? I didn't even know what yeah. a fucking love language was. Okay, yeah. I just I find it really... Even, I didn't even, didn't even know what a crystal was before I had a kid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I just find it interesting because, like, I know, like, mine's changed over time. Like, I've talked about this a little bit, but I'm quality time and Joey is physical touch and physical touch was last for me. Mm-hmm. And then I redid the quiz. So that was, like, three years ago that I did that. And then I redid it just, like, late last year. And physical touch is now second for me. Wow. And yeah. I feel like it's because we've been adopting, like, I've been so proactive in giving him physical touch to get his needs met that it's actually because I've been like oh this is not that bad like I actually quite enjoy receiving this too you know I redid out my love language after I had Axel and because uh, for those at home I had I, I fell pregnant with my third when my daughter was six months old after being told that I wouldn't be able to have any more babies and having horrible PND so after Axie was born and I changed so much, I was like, I wonder whether they've changed and they had it for me. Yeah, right. Yeah, but mine's, mine's, I'm actually, Kyle and I are very like opposite in our roles at times. Mine's actually physical touch is my number one love language. And which is funny because I didn't get that as a child. And now mm-hmm. it's my love language because it's what I craved. And Kyle's is acts of service, which can be quite hard for women to have partners who have acts of service as their love language. So, for instance, what happened and why we started doing this, why we, why I started looking, it's always been me because I'm the one that's like into the, the personal development, is that Kyle's sometimes not always been the most sexual person. Like he knocks me back for sex all the time. Like mm. if I'm going to be TMI right now, the kids were in bed there last is, night. There is no TMI. Okay. The kids were in bed last night and I must be coming up to ovulation because I am like horny as fuck. Like, you know what I get like when I'm ovulating, mm-hmm. right? Because I tell Abby everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I like dropped down to give my husband a BJ last night in the kitchen. And he's like, oh, babe, I just don't feel like it. Like I was in front of of his, of his penis. Like and he's like, babe, I just don't feel like it right now. Like that's that's the time. Like, and I don't know anyone else's husbands who would knock back a BJ mm. in the kitchen. You know, yeah, they asleep, are. Guys, kids were asleep. Just FYI. <laughs> um, and so Kyle's knocked me back a few times throughout our more than a few times throughout our relationship, and that used to make me feel really horrible, mm. and I wouldn't express that to him. And then I noticed that, like, when I was getting overwhelmed before we did outlet and even now when I see it happening when I was getting really super overwhelmed and when I was getting cranky and getting short-tempered with him or the kids or really upset within myself what I would notice is that Kyle would stop talking to me and he would go and start cleaning Mm. right and I used to think the fuck are you doing like I need you right now and who cares about the vacuuming Mm. who cares about the fucking dishwasher right and I used to think that what I was that story playing in my head was you don't want to hold me in this space I'm too much you don't like you think I'm wrong because mm. of obviously my own conditioning and he'd go away and start cleaning but what Kyle was doing and this is how our love languages now have come into play and how I, we could see this happening is that what he would do is see me panicked and go oh my god if I was feeling like this I'd need to clean up the house Mm. right and so now even when he starts to do it even years later 
I'm like, babe, I just need you to hug me right now. I don't mm. need you to clean, right? And it was hard for me too because when I would tell my friends this, they'd be like, oh, my God, like I'll make, I would want my husband to clean and then I would feel guilty. Like mm. am I asking for too much? Um, so now, you know, we got to the point where I'm like, this is what I need you to do. So when you get home from work, I need you to like give me love. But then it was funny because then he would come home from work He'd start hugging me, but I was already overwhelmed with the children that I'm like, get off me. Don't <laughs> touch me. And then he'd be like, what? You tell me to do these things and then I'm doing them and then I'm not doing them right. But what we've since learned as well, guys, with your love languages, you need like, even though mine's physical touch, I don't always need that physical touch right now. Sometimes it's just the physical of being close around me, mm-hmm. around the proximity. Um so yeah or like for instance with um Kyle's love language of acts of service he couldn't care if I cleaned up my office you don't give a shit about the office but sometimes when he's feeling really overwhelmed what I'll do is like do some of his chores that he has to do in the house so like for instance his job is to get the kids clothes ready the night before and make Will's lunch every day so when he's feeling really stressed or tired I will go and do that thing for him Hmm. Or he gets really anal about the car, like it has to be clean. So I'll clean the car out for him while he's, because he does night shift now, while he's sleeping, I'll go clean the car out for him. And then he'll wake up and go, oh, look at the car. Mm. And he'll crack up. So yeah, that's really helped us a lot. Mm. Um, I just want to go back to what you said about like you having the higher sex drive of your relationship Mm. and we don't often hear about it but I do like I do have clients and I know of people in my Instagram community who are in this similar situation and I feel like that's so hard for women because we're already kind of always told that we're a bit too much anyway and so then like I was the same since I've had kids it's it's completely different but before I had kids I had a huge sex drive um and I would often question myself and be like is this normal like the amount that I would want to have sex versus like my partner at the time. Um, So I feel like a lot of people can definitely relate to that. And yeah, it's also, you do feel a bit guilty when it's, and it's ridiculous, but it's also not like, cause Joey's the same, like he does the things like we have a very even split of our house. But when I talk to people about it, I almost don't want to talk about it because I know that I'm in the minority where my yeah. husband like shares the equal load, um, which is just just awful. Like for ev- like, you know, that there's so many women out there who aren't in equal partnerships and no. like I I know I feel a bit funny because I obviously have a well, I don't know it's obvious to all of your audience, but I have an Instagram following. Mm. And I do get comments from women. And I've just had to learn that we, I can't hold back from telling my own story because it can be triggering for other people. Mm. And I don't want to sound like that's rude or anything like that. We are in a privileged position where we have been able to, like, I was, it's been a lot of privilege that's brought us here. Mm. Money that hasn't been, but like, you know, Carl does make good money and so do I at times and so we can create a life like this. So it is hard. Um, And also having the sex drives being mismatched is hard too. And this is the first relationship I've been in that my sex drive hasn't been matched with my partner. Mm. Um, I remember like even in a past relationship um, when I was seeing someone and we used to have sex twice a day sometimes 
Mm. And I remember the first time he didn't want to have sex twice in one day. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? But yeah, Kyle's the first time, the first relationship where we've had mismatched libidos. And that I think because he does work night shift, it's not so bad because I self-pleasure a lot. Mm. Like your gal's got the self-pleasure under control. But I don't know what it would be like if he didn't work night shift where I wouldn't have space to be able to explore myself by myself. Is that something like, do you think he'd be like open to that if he was home? Because like, just like, because me and Joey both have self-pleasure practices that we do apart from each other when the other one's home. Oh, I get myself up next to Kyle. I've got Mm. no problem doing that. And sometimes like, it's funny because. I will, I will usually wait till he's asleep just so it's not so awkward. But sometimes he's like, I wake up sometimes and I know you're going for it. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, and then I'm like, fuck, you're sexy. And then he goes, I just roll over and go back to sleep. <laughs> not always. Sometimes he catches me in the axe and then he finishes off for me. Um, but Carl's got no problem with me, like, using mm. toys or self-pleasuring or do anything like that. Um, yeah. Because I need to, I, self-pleasure was something that I had to really step into. I mean, I've always, I even remember as like, I just going to sound weird, but like even as a child wanting to touch myself. Like, oh, it's not, it's like, it, it sounds weird because society's told us that's weird, but kids yeah, explore I've, themselves from like, like babies. Yeah. I've always been a very sexual person, not because of any trauma, just because I have always been mm. sexual. Um. But where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So after I had Kyla and then after Axie, I really had to understand what had happened to my body because I felt like I was broken. Mm. So self-pleasure was something that I really had to explore to understand the changes that had happened to me after I gave birth vaginally Mm. because there was so – like I couldn't get off after a little while with sex. I – I wasn't enjoying sex with Kyle and that was something that was breaking my fucking heart. So having that space to be able to explore myself and understand how to get myself off and then teaching that to Kyle was like, yeah, I, I think something that I'm really glad that I did because sex is so important to me. Mm. But it's important to Kyle as well. That's not the case. We have a great sex life. Um, we've been together 10 years and the sex is probably even better than when we first got together. Mm. We had great sex when we first got together, let me tell you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's really helped us that way. Yeah, I love that. I feel the same way about self-pleasure, especially after having kids. Um, and Joey was a bit weird about it at first. Like, again, he has he's a shift worker, so he works some nights. Um, and I would just kind of like, like we weren't having sex. This was before my whole journey in that way. Um, Yeah. Like we weren't having a lot of sex and everyone was tired and stressed and my babies were babies. Um, But I would, you know, like self-pleasure while he was at work, but it was like, I felt so much shame around it because I was like, I felt like I was depriving him of orgasms because I wasn't having sex with him, but I still wanted an orgasm so I just like kind of like do it quickly and like hide my toys away and like make sure that like he would never know that I did it um that's so weird to me that's so like that's nothing I've ever like I know we've talked about this before but it's something I've never experienced because I've I don't know I've I mean Kyle's always just been so open to it but I just remember like after having Kyla like literally my vagina broke my vagina broke everything changed I used to be able to orgasm with like penetration 
Mm. And then that wasn't working anymore. And then, yeah, then I had to then discover that, like, I can, like, only really get off right now with external, like, pleasure. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I still love, I still love a good banging from penetration, but it doesn't get me, like, orgasm anymore. Yeah. And, like, that's actually really normal. Like, um, I was reading a, like, a study the other day that only 18% of women can actually orgasm from like penetration alone. Oh, well, I used to be one of those eighteen percent. The pre, the pre-childbirth, Candice. The pre-childbirth, <laughs> Candice. Yeah, that that was something that I yeah really could be able to do. But yeah, now it's all external. But that's been exciting for Kyle and I to like like discover new positions, oh. get comfortable with ourselves. Um, I know that when. We were, I was, when I was pregnant with Kyla, my belly was so much bigger and especially Axel, so much bigger than what it was Mm. with Will. And I remember with Will, we were having sex like right up until literally like two days before I gave birth to him. And then we started having sex literally, I think, I know they tell you six weeks, but I think three weeks after birth, I was having sex again um, because I wanted to. And then with Mm. Kyla at 32 weeks, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore I couldn't mm. get a penis inside of me or find any position that was comfortable <laughs> so Kyle and I like started like mutual is it called mutual masturbation yeah like yeah mutual masturbation yeah. and like yeah so we do it we we love that now like it's one of our most favorite and sometimes just because of like how things are we will get each other off that way more than we actually have sex Mm. yeah Um, and I think like we have such a like binary view of what sex is like everyone is like especially for heterosexual couples they're like sex is penis in vagina like that's all that it is but there's so it's like such a spectrum there's like so much pleasure that can be had that doesn't have to be penetration and like when we discovered that in our relationship it was massive and even now like you know There'll be some times where I'm like, I really want to make out with you, but I really don't want to have sex. Or like, I don't want like my vagina touched right now. Like, but I want that kind of like physical connection. And so, you know, we just offer it up and he'll say the same thing to me sometimes. He'll be like, do you want to just make out? But we don't have like, but we won't have sex. And I'm like, sure. And then sometimes, but sometimes he's not open to that because he's like, I don't want to stop at that point. And so then we just don't, but it's I'm about- laughing right now because I'm like, why is it like I want to make out? I'm like, do you just want to like eat me out? But I don't want to have sex and I don't want to orgasm. I just want to like lay here and enjoy it. <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, I've sure. like, well, I've said like, because Joey gives, oh, sorry, Joey. I might edit this out. I'll have to get a consent from my husband. But Joey gives a really, really great massage down there. Like mm. amazing. Um. And sometimes that's all I want. Like, yeah. I I just want him to give me a really great massage and I want to have a really great orgasm from that and I, that's it. That's all that I want. And so I'll, I'll just ask for that because, like, like you know, past me would never – well, I wouldn't have been able to talk about it because I would have been, like, stammering and, like, bright red and, like, oh, my God, like, talking to my husband about sex. What is that? But then also I would have been, like, you know, that feeling of, like, everything always has to constantly be reciprocated in the moment right yeah. then. So like, you know, it's a lot of things that I've like moved through to get to the point where I can just be like, hey, do you want to just give me a yoni massage? And then it's done and I don't touch you at all. And like, he's like, sure. Because he loves it. Yeah. I mean, 
Why wouldn't they? Quite often I would just give Kyle a hair job or a blow job without anything in return because love language, physical touch is my love language. Mm. Kyle would know that if he lets me have a sleep in in the morning if I've had a particular rough night with my mental health or with the kids the night before and he takes the kids after work to school and kinder, he'll, he knows nine times out of ten that when he gets home I will be like, do you want a blow job? Do you want to have sex? Like. Mm. Not that I feel like I've got to, but that's how I show love. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, that's, I think, yeah, having, I I used to think that you have to reciprocate all the time. And Kyle and I have had to like both shift out of that because sometimes you don't have time. Sometimes mm. I know that the kids are going to wake up in the morning and I'm like, we've only got time for one. And it's almost like a entree to the, the like the, that night or, you know, that next mm. day or whatever it is. I definitely like we are really exploring our sexual like our sexual our sex life at the moment and damn the kids get in the way like I know they're so annoying damn they get in the way like to at school now and working from home is definitely and the vasectomy like they're probably three things like kids at school working from home vasectomy have all Mm. definitely helped our sex life a lot yeah I know I just I'm really grateful that we have great sex. Like I really am. And I think that something that I've also had to work through as well is like my body's changed after having kids. I'm like literally like probably I'm almost 30 kilos heavier than when I first met Kyle. Mm. God, that sounds like a lot. And I used to get really self-conscious about having sex with him and like going on top or like I wouldn't open my eyes. We wouldn't, I wouldn't let him look at me when I was on top if the lights were on or there was daytime sex. Mm. Jesus Christ, we wouldn't even have daytime sex a lot of the time. <laughs> um, but I had to talk to Kyle about that and just be like, you know, he, he'd want to look at me and I'm like, mm. don't look at me. And he's like, you are so beautiful though. Like he goes, just, just watching you get off gets me off. And so now I feel so much more free and naked in front of Kyle. Like even this morning, we have our scales in the kitchen because I don't want to weigh myself every day, but I am at the moment trying to lose weight for me, mm-hmm. um, which is really important for me, not because I yes. hate myself. So I leave my scales in the kitchen because I know that if I want to get, un- like if I want to weigh myself, I have to get undressed and naked in the kitchen to be able to weigh myself. Mm-hmm. So this morning, Kyle got up really early because he's watching the UFC fight today and I got up at about seven quarter past seven and I got in the kitchen and I like fully naked butt naked on the scales walks in not expecting to see me naked I'm like he's like whoa I'm like do you want some breakfast and he's like like, yeah of course I do but he couldn't because the kids were awake (laughs) Will sees me naked all the time mate that kid has got He's just going to be very, I mean, if he gets uncomfortable when he's older with me being naked, I obviously will mm. cover up. But mum being naked, he's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. We're naked. Well, Joey, not so much. I'm always like naked in our house. Yeah. Like I don't really care. I think it's like normal. And I remember like, I, yeah, I just, I feel like it like just shows him what a normal or an average body like oh, looks like, you know, like. They're, they like they don't even leave me alone in the toilet. Like William knows what periods are and blood and Mm. all three of them do. Axel, uh, Kyla often will tell her teacher that mum's wearing a nappy today. (laughs) (laughs) My period. (laughs) Oh, she's so cute. Oh, I still shower with my kids. Do you know what I mean? Like we Mm. have a really big shower in our bedroom and 
we all get in there and have a play with the toys, like their Paw Patrol toys and stuff like that. Yeah, nudity is just – I'm going to be that really weird mum that, like, when Kyla and Will and Axie are at the age where they're having sexual relationships, that I'm going to be like, are you getting pleasured? Do we need to talk about this? Do you want me to buy you a sex toy? Like, I'm going to be Oh, 100%. Mom. 100%. I like, mean, you sell Do them, you know who so, you're talking yeah, to? Yeah, I do. I, I do. do. My kids can just, like, sneak into my, like, storage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I use this? Just make I'm sure just if gonna... you take it, don't put it back. No, don't put it back. That's, That's yours. yours. That's yours now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah, I just think it's really important to be – I mean, I do talk about this a lot as well. Like, just to be super honest with our kids because, like, you know – Things I was not, we didn't have any of these chats when I was not even a child, but like a teenager or like a grown bloody woman. Like, and I, there was a lot of like shame around stuff. Like I knew what a period was. I was scared of it because I didn't understand it. And everyone seemed to hate them. Like it seemed to be this really negative, bad thing that like happened to you. And so, um, yeah, I felt a lot of shame around and I didn't understand why but I just did I felt really like and even having like you know period products in my bag for school I'd have them like oh, in babe, in a container like it was, was like nine. tucked away tucked away I was nine when oh I got my, my period I thought people could smell it on me at school mm. I totally get this totally get this yeah and I just think it's so important that like you know both my kids fully understand everything yeah like they know how babies are made. They know how they come out. They know yeah. how they get in there. Like they know what periods are and why we have them and how they're not like, it's just these, all these things are just like a normal part of like living. Yeah. Well, William's so obsessed with childbirth. He's like, he loves it. Like even today on the, what's so ironic that we're talking about this is that today we part, we live in like a bit of a ruralish type of area on the Mornington Peninsula and we we drove past some mums and calves, or cows and calves today, and we was like, "Mum, those those cows must be so tiny when they come out of their mums." Like he showed me, like he held his fingers up like a two centimeter cow, and I'm like, "Honey, those cows are probably as big as you when they're born." And he's like, "What?" He's like, "Mum, can we YouTube a cow being born when I get home from school today?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, mate. Like, no worries." So yeah, he's he's all, he loves what looking at like my birth. Um, I don't have birth videos, but I got birth um photos of when Kyla came out. Like he zooms in and he's like, "What's that water? Why is there blood?" Like mm. not in a scared way. He loves it. And he knows that he came out of my belly because I've obviously got a scar there. And he goes, "Why did that happen?" I'm like, "Mate, you got a big head, so you got stuck." <laughs> my Will's a giant, guys. Like he he's nearly seven, and he is like a. 138 centimeters like he's off the 100th percentile mm. he's past it he towers over all the ones preps ones and twos in his school massive massive so yeah we're all about teaching our kids I mean I don't know if Will knows what sex is necessarily but when he says like how does it get in there I'm like well a man has penis and there's sperm in your balls and like Women have eggs and all that sort of stuff. But we also talk about the fact that, like, two men can have babies yeah, and how that happens and two women can have babies. Like, I'm I'm very supportive of the LBGT plus community. Yeah. Um, 
my my biological father's gay. So yeah, I'm I always want to be very open with Will because like you, my mum found out that I wasn't a virgin when I told her at, at when I was 18 that my ten my boyfriend who was 10 years older than me, her and I, that him and I were together. And she's like, well, I guess that means you've had sex then. I'm like, mum, I've been having sex for years. Yeah, my we nana, we like have never, <laughs> I've like never talked about sex with my mum ever. Yeah. Like I'm guessing she knows that I have it because I have two kids, two kids and yeah. like I talk about sex a lot now. But before all of this, like, well, yeah, I guess the kids kind of, I'm, I am sure that she knew with my earlier boyfriends and stuff. I mean, you, but... you had boyfriends that were much older than you. You presume that she Yeah, would you know. would assume. You would assume that like <laughs> when I was 19 with like a 30 something year old boyfriend that um, they're probably having sex. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's important just to have all this stuff just so normalized for our kids. Cause that's like, there's so much taboo around it, but I think the taboo for us, for our generation, it's not actually taboo. It's just that like no information was given everywhere. Like our parents were embarrassed, so they didn't like talk about it. So then for us, it feels taboo-ish or like there's something wrong with us, like, or like we're doing something wrong or something like that. Whereas like my hope for my kids is just that like, everything is normal yeah I remember when I was like having sex with my the boyfriend that was 10 years older than me he was a very big sexual awakening for me we had like I feel like he taught me how to have sex or how Mm, to start asking for things yeah yeah thanks God thanks mate um and I remember us having a really intense like sex I don't know, intercourse one, I don't know, the session, sex session one day. Mm. And it felt so good and it was amazing and it was it was wonderful. And I remember afterwards laying there feeling so much shame, like so much shame. And I, I, I wish that I didn't experience that because it just took away so much from mm. that moment. And then every time I would have good sex, I felt shame. Mm. So... Yeah. And I think like, well, one of the things I was most worried about in my early twenties was getting pregnant. Like I was on the pill with used condoms, like all the stuff. And I'd still like obsess every month and be like, oh my God, like, am I going to get my period? Like, am I pregnant? I don't know. <laughs> like again, because there's not a lot of education around like how hard it actually is to get pregnant. Like oh, how, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. Like how much like a lot of people struggle with that and how like the timings have to be so aligned and all of this stuff like especially I came from a Christian school which was basically like you look at your at a boy and you're gonna get pregnant you know like don't even kiss don't sneeze near the penis because you'll get pregnant Yeah. yeah and so that was like that definitely overshadowed a lot of my like sex life in my early 20s and stuff like yeah because I was like terrified of getting pregnant. I didn't really think about getting pregnant until I had to start trying to get pregnant. Mm. Yeah. No. That's my story. Love <laughs> it. Um, there is one more thing. We, we kind of touched on it already um, about how like self-pleasure really allowed you to, you know, tap into what feels good in your body. Um and you've mentioned a lot, like you talk about a lot, how you had like mental health issues around, especially when Kyla, after Kyla was born. Yeah. Does your, do you find that your mental health affects your sex life or your sex drive? Well, I'm medicated for my mental health. Um, and I am about just to like paint the picture for you guys. I am 
seeing a psychologist in a couple of weeks because I'm pretty sure that I've got depression at the moment. It just goes to show you can hear someone feeling super happy and be struggling quite a lot. And when I started my meds, I've been on them for I think nearly two years. And I was worried about that, that it was going to stop my mental health, like stop my sex drive because I have heard about this happening. But it didn't for me. I think mm. that there's a couple of reasons. I think firstly, maybe it's just the medication and I, we get along. Like I feel like it could just be a good one. And the second thing is love. my love language is physical touch. So I feel like I need and want to have that touch to be able to feel loved. And this, the, the other thing is too is that not having the mental health issues, not feeling depressed all the time, not feeling anxious was actually like also almost like took away space in my mind to be able Mm. to then concentrate back on my body. But also I feel like I've had to work harder at connecting in with my body because I didn't understand what that meant, what it meant to get out of my head and into my body. I really didn't. And like even with you being my friend, you say these things and I still don't (laughs) understand what you mean sometimes but I watched an episode of Love, Sex and Goop um, with Gwyneth Paltrow the first two episodes of that tv show are are, like are fucking Mm, amazing I love them and yeah they show you what it means to get into your body and I loved it so much that I forced Kyle to watch it with me And then now when I feel like my mental health is not allowing me to get out of my head, I'll tell Kyle if, you know, because he does initiate sex, even though he has a low sex drive, that that's Mm. not, we, we still initiates. And sometimes he'll say to me, you know, or he'll get that hint or whatever it is. And you just know, you've been together so long, you just know. And I'll have to say to him, I'm not in the mood, but if you want me to be in the mood, I need you to give me a back massage Mm. or something. And, like, Kyle will sometimes go, um, I don't really want to do that much work right now. And I don't get offended by that. But sometimes he's like, yeah, fuck yeah. So then he'll, like, he'll he'll work a little harder for it to help me to get into the mood. Mm. So I feel like it's been having the medication and having the self-awareness with the talk therapy and stuff like that has allowed me to go, I used to hate having sex with my husband or any of my ex-boyfriends where I'd be laying there going, I don't, I don't want this. Like, mm. I don't, I'm, th- I'm not enjoying this right now. And I don't have that anymore. And I think that it has happened. Like part of my self-awareness journey has been about sex as well. And the talk therapy with my psychologist and the meds have definitely helped with that. Mm. I think a, a bit of that as well can also be just, we're kind of told like, you know, that especially our generation, this is another thing with the teaching our kids, like they're going to have a lot more boundaries and know what consent is and how to ask for it. But I've had so many sexual experiences that they're not non-consensual, but I just didn't, I didn't really want it, but I was like, I felt obliged. Yeah. You know, and so I just say like, yeah, sure. And then I just wouldn't enjoy it. And Um, Kyle doesn't enjoy it either. Like, He's used to say to me, like, he would stop having sex and be like, you're not into this, are you? And I'd be like, not really, but it's fine. Just keep going. And he's like, I am not going to keep going. And then he'd stop having sex and then it would become, I would make it an issue. And he's like, babe, it's okay. If you don't want sex, just tell me. 
I'm like, are we okay? Are we breaking up? Like, is it okay? He's like, yes, it's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, we hasn't happened in years now for us. Yeah. And I think like a lot of it is because you are more solid in your relationship. You're more solid in who you are that you feel like I feel fine saying no now. Yeah. And like, you know, if I'm like on the cusp, I talk about this a little bit with my clients, but like I I often will lean into it. Like if I'm not actually feeling fully like it, but I'm like, a, yeah, I don't know. Like I just lean in and see where it like takes me. And 99% of the time it takes me to awesome sex and we have a great time. Yeah. But it's just about having that, like the boundaries around like, you know, I don't feel like doing that right now. Or lots of women need a lot of like, downtime before Mm. they can be in the mood and even me like I can't just go from like a task especially because Joey's home during the day so we mostly have sex during the day while the kids are at school but he just expects me to be like in a client session and then be able to like go straight and like you know have Have sex sex. and I can't because I need to wind down from that like I need to like wind down from like get out of work mode and into like sex mode yeah. And then I need to come back again into work mode lots of the time too. Just switch it in. <laughs> I think for us, when I say no to Kyle, I almost take it as a bit of a control thing at times. Like for me, because like I really enjoy being in charge with sex. I mean, I, I enjoy it not being in charge too. Mm. So sometimes when I could see that he's horny, like it's almost like a bit of foreplay. Mm. but I don't want to have sex, I will be like, sorry, not today. And then like, I'll kiss him or I'll like run my hand over over his like his dick and it'll drive him insane. And I, I like hearing like the, the, the growl, like that low growl come mm. out of his body. I'm like, oh. And then I'm like, I know that like the tension builds up and we have really great sex because of it. I mean, that's probably Kyle and I communicating and understanding as well. Um, but I don't, him and I don't take a no as a shut the door anymore. Like even, you know, last night I I really wanted to have sex and Kyle didn't. So then like, you know, after I got up off the floor from wanting to give him a BJ, like he like kissed my neck, which he knows sends me a little mad. Um, so he's not working tonight. And that man better deliver the goods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's I I we kind of take it as a bit of fun because like with having kids, you can't have sex when you want to. Mm. So it's about being cheeky. I feel sometimes and using it as a bit of a game in in a like not a mental manipulative game, but just mm. a fun game that you can have between the two of you. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, if you've listened to mine and Joey's podcast episodes, like. We, we do it. have really good. <laughs> you have a lot of fun, and we do that. Does translate into the bedroom for us, where we used to take sex so seriously, um, and now we just don't. I think it's because we've kind of entered this new level of our relationship, where like we're so secure in mm. who we are as individuals, as well as who we are as a couple. That like I couldn't imagine any anything happening while we were having sex or in the bedroom at all that would like do anything to hurt our relationship. Yeah. You know, like I could like, could not imagine anything that either of us could do. And so it just like gives you another level of liberation because you're just like, it doesn't matter what I look like or what my body looks like. It doesn't matter what I'm saying. Like it doesn't matter how like I'm touching him or he's touching me. Like, because we're like, we're safe fundamentally. Yeah. And like, 
the reason why I've worked so hard for this as well is because like I'm obviously very spiritual I, I practice Reiki I'm a Reiki master I teach Reiki I do Reiki every freaking week one of the first chakras is the root I won't go into too much detail but the root chakra so you've got the root chakra across your hips and then they line up above like going upwards like people usually know the heart chakra and a third eye chakra like they're the ones that people usually know but in order for you to have alignment in other areas of your life, you need to have a rock solid foundation in your root chakra. Hmm. And part of that is having stability in your relationship. So it's like building a house. The root chakra is the slab. If the slab is uneven, the house will, will crack and creak and it won't be fully structured. So for me, I found that having that sense of strength, which it, like I said, it has come from work. Like we've had Mm. some really tough moments. We've had some really hard conversations for both ends, like feedback from me as well that Kyle's given me. Um, But having that structure there and that, that strength there over time, I mean, we've been together for 10 years, guys, like, you know, it's been a long time. It really gives me the ability to then jump into other areas of my life because I know that my anchor's there. I know mm. that I'm supported. I know that I'm loved. I know that I have trust and I have, you know, the the, the values that I want and need to be able to have stability, security, and structure, um, which is what the root chakra does for you. So, yeah, it's important to have that in a romantic or even, like, in friendships and, yeah. yeah. And love for yourself as well. Beautiful. Well, thanks for coming and hanging out with me today. You're welcome. I've really enjoyed this chat. Um, If people have enjoyed listening to you, what are some ways that they can contact you, work with you? What have you got going on at the moment? Um, I have this podcast is coming out in a month, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So I'm releasing my own podcast again, re-releasing it. So that would, that dives more into each section of my life where I will be talking a bit more about sex and stuff like that. I'm a journey into motherhood. So if you want to know more about my life, Perth, like intimately, there'll be the podcast. I also have another podcast called I've got the kids today with my best friend, Steph. Um, we, it's just a really lighthearted podcast that we just kind of like I don't know, talk about woo-woo stuff, talk about our weeks. We're, we're really, we're really fucking funny. Like, mm, I, I, I do, to, I do yeah. recommend. I love listening to it and they're deliberately kept at PG. So yeah. you can have it on in the background while your kids are at home and yeah. there's not going to be any awkward questions like there no. would be with this podcast. That's right. Um. So yeah, and then I've got my Instagram, which is underscore Candice Barber, C-A-N-D-I-C-E, and then Barber, like the barbershop. And I, yeah, you can come and connect with my stories. I, I'm on my stories every day, almost every day. And I, you can have a reading with me. You can have a Reiki session with me or just come be part of the community. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, Yeah. And I will chat with everyone soon. Bye. If you've enjoyed today's episode then please share the love you can share this to instagram and tag me rate it on spotify or leave a review on apple Podcasts. thank you so much for listening